Last week, you heard us dive into the beginning of the story surrounding Cassie Jo Stoddard's death. If you haven't yet listened to that episode, do that now. Run, don't walk. We left off right after Cassie was found dead on the living room floor in her aunt's house that she was pet-sitting at. Now it's time to get into the days leading up to her murder. We are your hosts, Sherry Ferreira. And Helen Allen. This is The Chalk Line. Good evening, everyone, and the highlights of the news this Thursday. On August 31st, 2006, 18-year-old Joe Lucero gets a call from Tori asking if he would buy some knives for him. They go to a local pawn shop, the three of them, Tori, Joe, and Brian, uh, to buy these knives. On the way, they stop at an ATM so that Brian could, like, withdraw some money. And they paid about, like, $45 for the knives, which Brian paid $40 of. Tori picked one knife, and Brian picked the three others. It is around this time that Brian and Tori also begin videotaping themselves talking about the killing. This videotape was later recovered with other evidence used in the murder and at their trial. Brian's counsel tried to argue that the tape was part of a horror movie that they were making, but it's very clear that that was just not the case at all. I mean, like, you just so happened to make a horror movie about something that literally happens? I don't... Yeah. Of course, that's not the truth. <laughs> um, so the police start investigating, and after speaking with Matt, her boyfriend, the police contact Brian and Tori. Brian's first interview was not recorded because he was not yet in custody, Um but he had said that he and Tori had gone to see a movie, and while it was too late to see the movie they originally intended to see, they went to a different movie, which I guess the movie was Pulse. I don't even know that movie, honestly. Neither I should have I. looked it up, I, I guess. Was but gonna, that sounds oops. like... Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, when he's asked about the movie, Brian is literally not even able to explain the plot. He wrote out a description of what... He said happened that evening, and then like that's kind of that. But like, get your let's alibi unpack straight. This <laughs> yes, for a These two absolute morons, what? like their heads are not screwed on correctly. Clearly, decide we're gonna go murder someone, and our alibi is gonna be that we went to the movie theater and we did not do it. So, so actually, what they did is they murdered Cassie, and then they drove to the movies, and they bought tickets for this later showing. So it's like, hey guys, it's not an alibi if the tickets show for a movie that's after she died anyway. But besides that, let's say that would have worked. Go off, go off. I'm mad. (laughs) Go off. Let's say that would have worked. They don't even have the decency to look up the movie that they are saying that they saw. And like, this is like two days at least after the murder. So it's like, not like there was a lack of time. Yeah, you an easy search. Look it up. It's quick. An easy, easy search. Or even like, hey, when you were at the movie, you didn't think like, hey, let me ask somebody if they've seen it. Let me get the gist. Yeah. Nothing. Alibi Nothing. trash. Did not even <laughs> try with this one. On Tuesday, September 26th, the officer conducted Brian's second interview. 
Brian's parents were present but did not go into the interview. Brian was read as Miranda rights before the interview began, and he initially maintained that he and Tori went to the movie, but after one of the officers told him that he was just not buying it, <laughs> Brian said that he and Tori had, quote, gone through cars and said that they went to a movie to hide that fact. Basically, his story now is that they were breaking into cars. Like burglarizing yeah. cars? And you're still getting into trouble for that, dude. Like, Cops were still not convinced at this point, but Brian maintained that it was the truth. And after the interview, he just left with his parents. Okay, I want to talk about that, too. Because, like, so the police officers, like, after they know that, like, clearly these two didn't go to the movies, and they're just like, hey, guys, like, we know you didn't go to the movie. Brian's like, "Uh uh-oh, got to think of something, got to think of something. And the thing he thinks of is that they were just, like, burglarizing cars around the area. And it's like, okay, and um, what were you looking for in the cars? Mm -hmm. And um, just, like, what? Like, I don't... You guys? If you see pictures of these guys, I mean, you won't buy it either. (laughs) These police officers are looking at these two guys, and they're just like, yeah, there's no way that's what you were up to this weekend. I don't buy it. You guys look like two losers. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what I would think. That's Anyway, I'm getting off topic. No, but I mean... Truly, I think the police officers looked at these guys and they were like, just be honest. Come on, I'm done. I'm done with this. You're making me tired. It's too much. Like, so it was a weird thing for him to be like, yeah, we were just like, I don't know, breaking into cars. That's why we didn't tell you in the first place. It's like, okay, well, still, if you were breaking into cars, you would probably look up the movie you said you were going to go to as your alibi. (laughs) I don't know. Doesn't sound like they're smart enough to even burglarize cars. Anyway. When the police interrogated both boys, they turn on each other. Classic situation. And by Brian's third interview, he was again advised his Miranda rights and again consented to speak like an idiot. And his parents were present for this interview. At this interview, he admitted that he and Tori unlocked the door at the house that Cassie and Matt were um, dog sitting at. He says it was because they wanted to, like, just scare them. And he also does admit to wearing masks, black clothing, and gloves, and that they had knives with them. So it's like, oh, cool, cool. You just wanted to scare them, but you brought knives? Okay, good. He also, like, admitted that they had um, worn masks and black clothing and gloves and that they carried knives with them, which is just like, okay, so you just wanted to scare her, but you brought knives with you? Like, that's cool. Good, cool. Okay, yeah. Normal. I buy it. Mm-hmm. So Brian stated that after Matt left, they went upstairs and Tori stabbed Cassie then. He said that he thought it was a joke to just, like, scare him and then only realized, like, later that Cassie was actually being stabbed. Brian denied that he had ever touched or stabbed Cassie. He also stated that he had talked to Tori earlier that day and Tori had threatened to kill him if he told the authorities the truth. Brian also agreed to show the officers where he and Tori had attempted to dispose of the items used in Cassie's murder. And I'm laughing through that, but you'll see why. Um, He went with several detectives and his father to the Black Rock Canyon area and directed the detectives to a site 
where evidence from the murder was buried. And just like before we get into that, I've got to say something. Go on. Because <laughs> like, okay, so first of all, Brian is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, no, 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 it, it wasn't me. I didn't have anything to do with it. I was just there. I didn't even touch or stab her. The autopsy shows that she had been stabbed 30 times. 11 of the wounds were fatal. And the fatal wounds were done by two different knives. So clearly, both of them had stabbed her fatally at least once. So if not like five, six, seven more times. times. Like, so there's no way that one of them just had nothing to do with it. Also, knowing that and knowing that Brian is very guilty here, he's still like, yeah, I'll bring you guys to the literal videotapes that we took talking about how I'm guilty. What they find at this site is a video player that that recorded everything that they had done, conversations after the murder, and then planning this whole thing. It was ridiculous. They also uncover a burned piece of paper with writing on it. Which is like, it's like a note stating what they were going to do. It's like burned so you can't read the whole thing entirely. But it's like a sus note. Yeah. It basically just says it. So they have it written down what they were going to do and them on video what they were going to do. And they discover clothes, the knives that they use, masks, and gloves. Right. And some of the clothes that they discovered is like clothes that the boys were wearing and it has Cassie's blood on it. So very much ties it all together. This is literally a jackpot of police evidence. Yeah. Like there Incriminating is no both more... Brian and Tori. Right. Like there it's literally they could not have packaged it up prettier for the police. Yeah. While the police are going through these recorded conversations, like we said, it shows them literally planning out the murder. They find video from September 21st and they are naming Cassie and Matt specifically as targets. Right. And basically they, so we're not going to read it verbatim. Um, You can easily access this stuff. The court documents are um, not sealed. So like you can just look it up if you want to see the conversation. Also, it is accessible to see some of the videos. Um, I wouldn't recommend it because they're disturbing. But we're just going to kind of give the gist because honestly, like, I don't I don't believe in like the level of discomfort for our listeners yeah, I and also... for my own self. Like, I just think it's not worth talking about in depth these guys because they really are just so grotesque. But um, basically, in the video from September 21st, around 8.15 p.m., they say, now we're going to go over to Cassie and Matt's house. If they're home alone, we're going to... So that was Brian speaking. And then Tori, Tori comes in. interrupts him saying, it's Cassie's house. Matt is there. And it's like, okay, they're just... They're, they're like, interrupting each other and talking over each other. And it's just weird. Yeah. But then... Brian's like stammering through this whole thing. So it's yeah, like, can you very... chill? Like you're about to go murder someone and you're stuttering. Like maybe you Please. should hold off then because it sounds like you're being a yeah. right now. <laughs> so basically then they're just like talking about how they're going to go and like make this loud noise and Matt will come out to investigate it and they're going to kill Matt and then scare the out of Cassie. Yeah, they're also expecting to 
go down in history for this. Like they want some sort of recognition and notoriety for this almost. It's right. No, they very Brian weird. literally says, We're gonna go down in history. We're gonna be just like Scream, except real life terms. Which it's like, okay, you know nobody liked Billy Loomis, right? Yeah. <laughs> Billy Loomis is the killer, killer from Scream. Okay. Um yeah, he was a bozo too, okay? Yeah. So then they like start listing. Like they're like, Yeah, we're gonna be these big time murderers and like they only know how to list like like oh Ted Bundy and the Zodiac Killer. Killer. And it's like, Oh cool, yeah, you know lots of murderers, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> Anybody who's Wait. ever seen any murder documentary knows Ted Bundy. Yeah, they, they name him nothing. as if he's like some underground, like indie, no one knows him at all. Like, calm down. Yeah. Take it, like, relax. Like, oh, he, actually, Brian actually says this verbatim. Those people were more amateurs compared to what we're going to be. And it's like, really, you guys? You made a spooky noise in the basement and she didn't go down and investigate yeah. it. And also, you didn't even have an alibi. And then led the police to the evidence. Directly. He said, you know what? I'll take you there, actually. And we can use my car. I just got my license. Can my dad come, too? Yeah. My dad's going to follow behind us to make sure I'm not speeding. I mean, like, we're laughing about this, and it really is so hilarious. But, like, They're it just so goes to show dumb. you how dumb and just twisted their minds were. The police find other videos of the boys actually talking to Cassie the morning of the murder. We see Brian walking down the school hallway and it appears that he's talking to someone next to him and he walks directly to the locker where Cassie is at and tells her, hey, look, it's Cassie. Hello, Cassie. And she sort of says, hey, and he does this nervous giggle and leaves. You can tell also in the video that oh. they are not her friends. Like I'm you can see that she's like a little annoyed oh. and that she's just like answering him because she like feels like she has to. Like you could tell that she doesn't give a shit. Yeah, it about takes them. her a minute to answer and she's like, Hi. So the night that they had murdered Cassie, um a few minutes after they're like getting into the car, um, and Brian is recording again and they say like we just killed Cassie we just left her house and they basically just describe it in full like it's they're very like you can tell that they're very shaken up I guess rightfully so but I mean you can see that there's not really like remorse like they're on like a high mm -hmm. almost and it's it seems it's like they're really not shaking disturbing. from like it's almost adrenaline, almost yeah, how I would describe not, it. Yeah, it's not like remorsefully shaken up. It's like shaken up from adrenaline, exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's like they're on a high and it's just, it's so disturbing. Anyway, so that's when they like get their bogus alibi and they're like, well, yeah. we'll just go buy movie tickets now. And this is like all on video. I don't, yeah, kind of horror movie. The worst horror movie <laughs> is what they were making. The image they had of themselves in their mind and like what this whole thing was going to be just shows you where they at. thought so highly of themselves and they had i don't even know where they get these egos and so when they're saying stuff like this i'm like with these oh, egos God. and with I'm this just... confidence it's perplexing am it's i in perplexing. school right now it is I perplexing I'm, i can't wrap my head around what after the police comb through all this evidence they call brian back and they're like you're arrested. So he spends the night of September twenty seventh. Yeah, is your refrigerator running? You're arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Brian gets.
gets arrested and spends the night, one night, December 27th to 28th, in the Bannock County Jail. Shortly after, on Thursday, September 28th, in the afternoon, Brian gets interviewed for a fourth time. And although the police tried to contact his parents, they were unable to do so, but Brian gets read his Miranda rights, and he's told that he can have his parents present if he would like, but Brian gives them the go-ahead, and they start the interview. He initially repeats that Tori was the only person who stabbed Stoddard. After one of the officers asks if Brian stabbed Cassie to keep Tori from, like, turning on him, he nods his head yes. At this point, the officers are just like, hey, did this happen? And Brian's like, yeah. uh, sure. He's yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah that Sure. Like, cool, cool. We'll go with that. God. Like, huh? What's your story? What? <laughs> Brian then admits to stabbing Cassie four times in the leg and chest. Brian said that Tori had told him, quote, you need to stab her. You need to stab her. After stabbing Cassie in the leg, Brian stated that Tori told him, it's not going to work. She has to die. And shortly after, at about 13 minutes into the interview, Brian asked if he could see his parents and the officers ended the interview. But, like, that's all they needed. I mean, like... Really? The deal has been sealed at this point. Like, they know Brian did it. They know Tori did it. They've got the physical evidence. Written and on They tape. are taking this baby to court. Like, there is no more... Okay, Brian, your parents will be present next time in the courtroom. Yeah. Because, like, we're good to go. <laughs> you know? Like, and they're just like, cool, yeah, your parents can come next time. Yeah. It'll be yeah, at the, the, ju- ju- <laughs> the judge will be there. It's going to yeah. be so much fun. Let's go. Prosecutor, everybody. Anyway, so at the trial, even though they were both 16, they were both tried as adults. They were charged with murder and conspiracy to commit murder. They both had separate trials, and they were both convicted. Um, at the trial, Tori insists that he thought that they were just going to scare Cassie and that Brian was the one who took over and told him that they needed to get rid of the evidence, which is when they decided to bury the evidence at Black Rock. And, you know, obviously Brian also said the opposite, that Tori had him do it. Yeah. And it's just this whole fiasco of, no, he said it, no, he said it. And it's like, yeah, you both did. In 2016, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled it unconstitutional for a minor to receive a sentence of life without parole, no matter what crime they committed. However, in 2017, the Idaho Supreme Court ruled to uphold 30-year conviction for both teen sentences. Both Brian and Tori are in the Idaho State Correctional Institution. If you liked this two-parter episode, be sure to let us know. You can send us a nice DM on Instagram or reach out to us through our Gmail. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at the Chalkline Pod, Twitter at the Chalkline Pod, and be sure to check out our website. The link is in our Instagram bio. Tune in next Thursday for another story. <laughs>